Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you, Megan. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock, where we, your Mm. dear podcasting friends. That's us. We watch movies. Oftentimes, they're movies that critics, in aggregate, have maligned. They've given them scores that would not pass your traditional university course. Yes. And we say, hey. Let's take another look at these babies. Let's yeah. see if maybe these are gorgeous, gorgeous gems that everyone should be watching. They could be. They could be. Conversely, they could be bad. They could be mm. truly just as bad as the critics say. But I will ask you this. Did the critics dislike them for the right reasons? Probably not. Probably not. That's why you need to get the peepers of two queer women on them. Yeah. One of them. Get- maybe she's a little brown, too. Get some perspective Make- <laughs> that isn't just a white dude. Yeah, that's so nice. And that's what we offer you here today. And sometimes, Amber, sometimes, every once in a while, Mm -hmm. I go ahead and check our Twitter. Oh. And we decide to do a movie that was requested on our Twitter. What? One, we have a Twitter? Yes, we do. It's Bad Movies Rock at Twitter or something. Fascinating. And two, Mm -hmm. we have people that actually listen to this that we don't talk to on a regular basis enough for them to tweet at us. Um, correct. Um, although I will say that this one person is, uh, is Michael's brother-in-law. So hi, Chris. Oh, dude. I mean, still though, Michael listens to it because he's our friend and Mm -hmm. he feels the need to do so. The fact that anybody who does not directly know us listens to this kind of makes me a little scared and nauseous. Uh, but also Mm -hmm. just sort of, I dissociate a little because I don't understand why. Chris? Hi, Chris. Sure. Why? I mean, we're we're, ta- we're we're two dumb ladies talking about a movie. Why, why Chris? I mean, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm, we love your yeah. tweets. And we're psyched to have watched Moonfall. But why are you listening to this nonsense? And you can tell us. And then eventually, in uh, two or three months, I'll check my Twitter. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll learn the reasons. This is a good system. This is a good system mm-hmm. to interrogate our listeners. Mm-hmm. individually individually yes. interrogate our listeners for their life choices sure. and then eventually check back in with them via social media yeah we are very good at podcasting very good megan mm. why don't we uh-huh just as a little warm-up just a little opener okay get familiar with this movie get our listeners familiar yeah. with this movie that they may not have seen it's a new one it was released mm-hmm. in february of 2022 that's right i beat you to it motherfucker Oh, damn it. It's on HBO now. So so now we are able to watch it. For free. For free. Ish. Let's read some summaries oh, from, okay. I don't know, Amazon, IMDb, Metacritic, and maybe one that I made up myself, which I'm realizing I forgot to do, so I'm going to have to do it off the top of my chrome dome. Let's do it. Let us play. Which is which is which is which? You shall tell me which is which is which is which, Megan, when I read these, not necessarily in the order that I just described them previously. Perfect. Are you prepared? I think so. In Moonfall, a mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around the Earth and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. With mere weeks before impact and the world on the brink of annihilation, NASA executive and former astronaut Joe Fowler, Fowler Halle Berry, is convinced she has the key to saving us all, but only one astronaut from her past, Brian Harper, Patrick Wilson, and a conspiracy theorist Casey Houseman, John Bradley, believes her. That was a long wow, sentence. That, that was I one am sentence, sorry. Eh? I hate to interrupt myself in the middle yeah, of it, a... but it was so long. 
These unlikely heroes will mount an impossible last-ditch mission into space, leaving behind everyone they love, only to find that our moon is not what we think it is. Ooh. Okay. You'll never guess which one that one was. I sure won't. Two. Mm. A mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit and sends it hurtling on a collision course toward Earth. Ah, short and sweet. Indeed. Oscar winner Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, and John Bradley star in Roland Emmerich's out-of-this-world action-adventure about a last-ditch mission to stop the moon from hurtling into the Earth. Hmm. So much hurtling. So There's a lot of hurtling. Well, yeah. Uh, and the fourth one, yeah, <laughs> it's like Independence Day and Armageddon had a baby, except we're the aliens and also maybe God, and our Armageddon-on baby is the Terminator, and all of humanity Oof. is Linda Hamilton. Yeah, no, that sums it up nicely. Okay. Who Great. knows which one that one was, Megan? <laughs> Who knows? It's which is which is which is which? It's gotta be. It's just gotta be Metacritic. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then probably IMDb, then Amazon, then Amber. It's creepy. It's so creepy that you can tell the difference. It when when IMDb and Amazon are so similar, it is. It's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. And yet I feel you're like, usually right. So creepy. I feel like IMDb doesn't often list the people who are in it. That is a very fair point. Yes. Which is my clue that it's probably either Metacritic or Amazon, and then Metacritic always prettles on now, don't they? You make an excellent point. Delightful, Amber. Thank you very much. I, yes, this is this is essentially like <laughs> Independence Day, Armageddon, and and uh, and uh, uh, Terminator squished squished into one movie. Squished, squished. <laughs> I mean, that's not at all what that's for, but I'm always on board to say that or something like it. Um, Amber, what did Metacritic have to say besides that long-winded explanation of the movie? I got lost in that sentence. Uh, 41 for the critics, 44 for the users. Okay. We're at 36 for the critics and 70 for the users on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes users. Big fans of Roland Emmerich and the disaster movie. I guess so. There are a lot of positive reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, one through line for a handful of them, unsurprisingly including one from The New Yorker, is this is, you know, it's a lot of CGI and action, but, you know, Emmerich clearly really likes it and also fuck Marvel. There's kind of a fuck oh, Marvel wow. undertone okay. to the. To the positive reviews. I'm trying to think. Uh, let's go for the New Yorker one. The best parts of Moonfall feel like a sharp and cogent reproach to the corporate stolidity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and other superhero franchise movies. The ridiculous okay. proves occasionally <laughs> sublime. Really, one very approachable Richard Brody of the New Yorker, just a very approachable review for fucking Moonfall. And two, you can't say that this movie is good because it's not a superhero movie, and thereby create this false dichotomy that somehow superhero movies are trash, and anything made with love and a massive budget is gold. Yeah. I, I get that you might be tired of Marvel movies. I am too. But that doesn't mean they are all garbage just because they're being churned out by Disney en masse. Also, um... One doesn't have to watch them if they don't want to. I think the critics actually kind of do. 
Well, well, maybe they shouldn't be critics anymore then, eh? You're not wrong. And you have to you have to be able to sift through all of it, the wheat and the chaff, mm-hmm. and value both. Yeah. In their own special ways, unless they're truly garbage. I'm looking at you fucking sausage party. Well, fuck you, motherfucker. Anywho. Mm-hmm. There's some references to Don't Look Up. Yeah. I think some people do get at what I think was my biggest disappointment with this movie is, uh, oh, here it is. Richard Roper. Moonfall is a kind of film that doesn't take itself seriously and yet really doesn't have a sense of humor about the ludicrous nature of its very existence. Yeah. This movie would have been pretty freaking great. Yeah. If it just injected some self it takes itself way too seriously. And it, mm-hmm. if it injected some self-awareness into how absurdly it just ticks all the disaster movie tropes without actually creating any depth or true well-roundedness to its mm-hmm. own story or characters, it would be so funny. It doesn't yeah. even have to be fourth wall break and Deadpool level meta conversation. No. It could just be some self-awareness into, okay, we only have 28 minutes. That just gives us enough time to each of us have our own individual heartfelt conversations with the person we're leaving behind that the audience has barely had any time to get to know or understand why we value so much other than that yeah. there are blood relations. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the, the, there's a line of that in, in my uh, reviews as well. This film is totally stupid, but perhaps not stupid enough. <laughs> or right. Moonfall is bad, but the wrong kind of bad, because everything is formula, um, fails to hold up to its end of the bargain. So, yeah, I think that, I mean, and that was maybe, okay, it's been a long time since I've seen Independence Day, but I feel like Independence Day had a little bit of that self-awareness that, like, yeah, I, I, don't I think know. it did. There uh, was something it, in the dialogue, something in the way that it was played by the actors like involved. Will, I mean, part of it is just Will Smith's True. overall charm, mm-hmm. like and like his. I mean, his punching an alien in the face who's and saying "Welcome to Earth." I mean, absolutely, that's, that's fucking ridiculous, and that's fantastic. And Jeff Goldblum. I mean, Jeff yes, Goldblum, of course, at yep. Jurassic Park, yep. Independence Day. He he, he shows up. He, he does his job, and that job is in part to constantly remind you that you are watching a silly movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. A lot of them mention it's a very good disaster movie. Some of them are huge fans of Rope Emmerich. Some of them are huge fans specifically of his disaster genre. 2012 came up in a lot of reviews. They didn't feel like this was as good, but they thought the sci-fi elements were pretty solid. The effects were very good. He creates mm-hmm. a big spectacle, and they appreciated that. Uh, but the movie the the story itself is very silly a lot of them definitely note that in the end it gets balls out silly and just goes for it yeah Uh, some of them really hated the first hour but found the second hour entertaining some of them liked the first hour the best but yeah most of them even the ones that are good acknowledge it's not a good movie but it's entertaining (sighs) yeah i don't think they're wrong about any of the things that they say largely no, I, I think I think they're right about kind of the, the movie makingness of this, which is what all the reviews seem to go into, um, as opposed to like, you know, treatment of of the characters or the you know. Oh, oh, like- oh! You, you mean yeah? The no, no one talks about how great a job Halle Berry did with yeah. her wonderful character. It's more uh-huh. the actors were game. 
to try and make their characters interesting, but that's right. not what this movie was ever going to be about. No, no. It's going to be about the moon hunting us on the Earth. Which, like Jaws. And this is where they missed. They missed so hard, Amber, because there were a couple laugh out loud. And, and it was in my brain. I did it to myself because I, I but like every once in a while, the moon would like, like be way too big in the sky and like come up over the horizon. And it was like a dunna, 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 dunna. Like it was like the moon was coming for us. Yeah, and that's because it was, <sighs> Megan. And that's that is hilarious. That's fucking hilarious. And if that's you had fantastic. done a different, more self-aware music cue, it was still a music mm-hmm. cue. But it wasn't. If you just leaned a little bit more just, into, okay, we're showing the moon stalking the planet as it uh-huh. comes for us. It it could have been. We're in on the joke too. We're making a like a big budget disaster movie that's a little tongue in cheek. This could have been brilliant. Right. You wouldn't have need, like, I'm not saying go full force into camp. Like, Independence Day was not full into camp. No, no, no. It was campy, but it wasn't camp. Yeah. Like, I'm saying just like, just, just, anyway. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway. But there are lots of things that the critics missed saying. Mm, Yeah. At least as far as we're concerned, since all we read are the blurbs. I'm Metacritic yeah. and Rotten Tomatoes. So, Megan, let's exactly. get into the nitty-gritty of Moonfall. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, this movie's long. It's super long. And, and it doesn't need to be. Um, it starts out with actually, like, a relatively short, interesting vignette even uh that happens like essentially 10 minutes before most or 10 excuse me 10 years before most of the movie takes place this is is, probably some of the best character work in the movie yeah yep they Um, you know it's it's a little clunky but they establish through dialogue you know the familiarity of this team it's a three-person team working together in space clearly they've been up before they know each other well two of them clearly have a, a long-standing relationship one went to the other one's wedding they they prefer their work spouse status to what appears to be the new guy who they're still quite friendly with and he sort of mm-hmm. shakes his head at their silliness and bickering and it's it's good and they're just yeah. they're in space and yeah. it's it's beautifully shot and it is it's it's great and then a disaster strikes and you don't mm-hmm. know what it is but it's a little creepy and definitely kind of extraterrestrially and mm-hmm. it, it's well done it, it draws yeah. you into the movie and then the movie nosedives so hard from there yeah into got- character interpersonal drama yeah yep absolutely like you've got the the you the, there's this image of the space shuttle like spinning 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 and like wrapping one of the characters like by mm-hmm. his tether like to him by like and then like the power going out and having to manually stop the shuttle like there was all really cool imagery yep. there and him um, just calling for the person who was he, he tried to reach him his tether broke and he couldn't he couldn't breathe yeah. he was leaking oxygen but he had to address the ship because Halle Berry was inside and unconscious and he kept calling for him and yeah. he wasn't there and then he, he said to Halle Berry's unconscious body I'm gonna get you home and we don't see that part because he just does yeah. and then he stands by the story of something came and attacked the ship. Mm-hmm. Like, you're an idiot and you caused this. And his wife leaves him presumably because of this thing. I guess so. And he loses his job and he's a laughing stock. And then flash forward 10 years. I believe so, yeah. Uh, to 
the dude's son, who's now mm-hmm. grown, being involved in a car chase. Yeah. Which, yeah. It serves no purpose except for us to get that he's either a bad kid or upset and now he's in jail and even the the new stepdad's money can't get him out of jail and now he's in a place that like he can't get out of so when things go terribly wrong they have to go get him i guess ordinarily Mm-hmm. A movie that actually gave a shit about its characters and wanted to establish them and the emotional connections and their their reasons for doing things. Mm-hmm. We don't know why that kid stole that car. We don't know why he ran from the police. We are told that the contraband in the car was his friends. Mm-hmm. We don't know why he was with his friend or if he... It, it basically is trying to say... He's a good kid. He wouldn't Mm -hmm. do drugs or run from the police, but his friend wasn't a good kid and he panicked and he did a a dopey thing. Right. While also kind of suggesting that he's a bit off the rails, but in a very nonspecific way. And in a way that blames the father who may or may not be estranged, but clearly still cares about the son. It is so both generic and poorly fleshed out without any detail that is just a good kid did bad thing father not with family but loves wife Mm -hmm. mad at father found new man he schmuck he rich schmuck you know ala taken right yeah yeah absolutely that's exactly what it kind of sets up and that's it that there's no more to it there's there's Mm -hmm. no depth there and eventually we also establish the son might have resentments to the stepfather, but then in the movie, the only resentments that come up are you you cheesed you. off to Aspen without me when you couldn't get me out of jail and disaster struck. Right. And the weird this- thing is he's only mad at his stepfather, but not at his mother, who also went to Aspen? Right. Yep. And also, dude, like, you have two sisters who also need to be protected, so... And if maybe one parent was going to stay behind, maybe it should have been your mom. Yeah. And he could have gone with the daughters to get them to safety. But, okay, we're mad at him. And then it just, the only it makes it an excuse for them to have dialogue with each other of, I don't want you to hate me, I don't hate you. And then the stepfather dies later, and we're supposed to think... At least they reconciled or something. It's yeah. so, we want to hit notes. Yeah. So we're doing as little heavy lifting as possible to be able to have the scenes. But we're doing no work to justify the scenes or make them anything other than bizarre filler. Well, we're yeah. way more interested in what the fuck is going on with the goddamn moon. Right. And so Amber, um, so this character, Brian, is divorced. Um and then, Brian. Oh, right, right, right. So sorry, sorry, Patrick Wilson. Let's, yeah, we have made no effort to tell you who's in this movie or who they are. We have Patrick Wilson is Brian Harper. Mm-hmm. He's the astronaut on the original mission who is disgraced. Halle yep. Berry, his work wife and friend, plays Jacinda Jacinda Fowler, who mm-hmm. was unconscious when everything happened, and she doesn't back him up. She yep. still works for NASA. Michael Pena plays Tom Lopez, the stepfather, and. Charlie Plummer's the son. Charlie Plummer's the son, and Carolina Bartchak plays Brenda Lopez, the ex-wife, now wife of Tom Lopez, the Lexus dealer. Yes. Um, 
Ooh, I just want to mention also mm. in this, like, so nobody has any backstory. Everybody has a backstory. There are way too many characters. And, but none of it is in depth and it's all pointless. And, and it frustrates me no more than with the character of Michelle, played mm. by Wen Wen Yu. Yes. Yep. She is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about her. Halle Berry has a son. She is, weirdly, Halle Berry's also divorced and has yeah, a kid. Yeah, I was going to say, Amber, like, so Brian's divorced and, oh, Brian gets a divorce. Oh, let's give Halle Berry, let's give uh, Joe Fowler a divorce, too. What what gives a character complicated motivations when they have to go do a heroic job, but also care about what happens on this earth that's being hunted by the moon? Well, a child. And mm-hmm. also the fallout drama of being divorced, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Let's so let's just give them both that. Yep, yep. But Halle yes. Berry's, the Jocinda lives with Michelle. And at <sighs> first we're thinking, oh, is this the same sex couple? Yeah, no. we were we were both very excited and then and the disappointed very very much so. It's, Jacinda lives with her son. Her mm-hmm. son is quite young. I guess she, Michelle is a live-in. She's a fo- here's the thing. She's a foreign exchange student yes. who somehow also takes care of uh, is a nanny to this kid. Like, but is she a nanny? I Are we don't ever know. told that she's like, a nanny? I don't know. I kind of think that like joe must just make her watch the kid i don't know we are, or just, we are not told what her role just, in this family yeah. is she just lives with them yeah joe just leaves and then like okay i guess you know michelle's just gonna need to take care of the kid because the mom's not there so i am so intrigued by this character why is she there what does she do what is she studying yeah we, I think maybe 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 we learned that she's studying psychology. I can't remember. But like, why is she with Joe? I want to know about this woman. Yeah. We don't learn anything. She's yep. just there. She makes it to the end. That's great. That's good. But mm-hmm. who is Michelle? And why is she there? Yeah. And why aren't they lovers? I don't know, Amber. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, so, then, you know. uh, So... Again, this movie, what was it? It was almost two and a half hours long, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, like, if you'd cut out all of this kind of just weak, you know, half-assed backstory, we could have gotten it under two hours for sure. So easily. It really didn't inform character motivations in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't inform key decisions in a way that couldn't have easily been done with other story elements. Right. It was just... A remarkable amount of filler so that we would give a shit about the disaster scenes that we saw on Earth as the moon mm-hmm. got closer and closer. And yeah. I, I kind of get that people care about humans that they understand a little bit about rather than just numbers. Oh, we just lost Manhattan and there were a few million people there mm-hmm. versus I really, really care about these three people inexplicably driving to Colorado right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. As as the moon is so close that it reverses gravity. Uh-huh. Yep. Lifts the seas and reverses gravity. Yes. I mean, we had helicopters, but we're going to put them in a car so that mm-hmm. we can show some cool shit. I, fine. Fine. Again, if this movie took itself a little less seriously, it would be extra funny. Be like, wait, why are we putting the people we love the most in a car right now when we clearly still have helicopters? Because don't you kind of want to see what the moon's like going to do to the earth as it gets closer mm-hmm. and closer? Yeah, no, I do. Yeah, I do, do want to see that. I do. I mean, I want to care about it, too. 
Yeah. Can't yep. just show it. It's, I, I need to have a little boy who's freaking out because of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and one thing that happens in in this is that uh, the son, Sonny, um, Brian's son, uh, Brian gets Sonny out of jail because Brian has agreed to do help with all this, um, you know, moon hunting business. So um, Sonny is now becomes, I mean, in in no way in my mind a hero but like in kind of the movie's mind i feel like he's showing that he can like he's gonna drive them away and he's gonna find you know his parents in aspen and he's gonna like uh, um you know help protect them from the people who are there to steal their car you know it's like i don't know it was a weird like redemption story for this character right i know nothing about nor care i know about. nothing about i don't know what he needs to be redeemed from other than making a bad choice and he's in only the movie half one redeemed. time yeah it's 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 weak sauce no matter what so yeah, yeah. No, no less exemplified by the fact that he is entrusted with this 10 year old boy mm -hmm. and this foreign exchange student who's with the 10 year old boy right and they're driving away from a disaster and they Stop and watch as the disaster approaches. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get that the shuttle with their parents was launching and they wanted to see if it made it away. But also you can see this massive wave of destruction coming towards you and you still stopped the car and got watched. out. You stopped Literally the car, got out. got out and watched it. I mean, I, I get it. It's disaster movie behavior so that you can see the cool thing that happens and care about it. Yeah. But it's still... Yeah. You do it other ways, people. I feel like you could do it other ways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. Characters and their backstories. They exist, and the fact that they exist makes us sad because they don't really exist. It, there's no there there. Right. I also want to talk about the main story yeah. of this movie. Right. So... I a disaster, a unexplained, possibly alien thing happens in, uh, you know, 10 years before most of the movie takes place, Amber. Mm -hmm. and we see it. We see we this thing. We see it. It, it. it attacks them. It's like this nanite cloud. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it, after it attacks them, it lands on the moon and starts a drilling. And there's a, a big plume of smoke coming mm -hmm. up from the drilling into the moon. Yep. At which point we yeah we we go back to to Earth at this point and we see uh, uh, um, Brian being uh, disgraced as a NASA employee and we find out later that like it's not that they didn't believe him they just needed a fall guy essentially so they needed to cover it up they they yeah. needed, they they didn't want people to know that he was right yes because whew. actually like Megan yeah. how do how do we learn. Oh. Anything, anything. anything. How do we learn this? anything about the mysteries? Because we, we do learn that they not only knew about this already, uh -huh. but had known there was some hinky shit going on with the moon the second they landed on it in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, Amber. Well, the most logical way, which is uh, Donald Sutherland and, uh, enters the movie for literally two minutes. 
spouts everything we need to know about kind of the history of this and and the fact that it was a cover up and that they they tried to do um a a they had a plan for dealing with it but then that plan ran out of funding and so they just kind of turned their backs on it and then he leaves to go uh uh shoot himself because he can't handle the fact that the moon is 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 hunting them so you know a standard way your classic Donald Sutherland off to kill himself later info dump. Yeah. So, cool. Because because of course, of course, Halle Berry's Jocinda is put in charge of everything after her boss just cheeses off Pieces thinking, I'm going to I'm going to keep my family safe. There's no way we can stop this. She's like, we should try. He's like, fine. Here's a magic key that gives you clearance. Go to this specific place. And I guess he just hopes that Donald Sutherland will show up before he shoots himself in the head and tell her everything she needs to know. Right. And 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 by the way, folks, this is all happening. We already know that the moon is now spiraling closer and closer to us. So there's such a, a, a time, um, you know, there's a ticking clock on this already. And he sends her off to solve a mystery. It's like, yes. great. Good, perfect. That's... Go, go dig through the classified stacks and mm-hmm. find the thing. So we learned that they knew. And we learned that when they learned how that the moon was a thing, they were struck by how technologically advanced it was compared to them. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that it lost funding. There also seemed to be a certain level of ennui about their about their chances of being able to do anything to combat this unknown, yes. super advanced threat. It's like, they're so much better at us at stuff. And we we can try and make a thing, but it's so expensive. And, and the more I think about the icky mm. fact that they're yeah. better at stuff than us, and if they come for us, we're probably screwed, the less I like it and want to spend money on it. So what if I just pretended? Yeah. And then the icky feeling goes away. Yeah. And we don't have to think about it. And then it's not doing anything now. So it probably won't ever do anything. And then when it does something, specifically something shows up that's super technologically advanced. They have actual video of it from the helmet Mm -hmm. camera. And Brian tells them exactly where it lands. And if you look, you can see something happening exactly in that spot. And they're like, oh, okay, uh, we could, you know, unscrap this really expensive project that uh, we're still not. I mean, that thing looked even more technologically advanced <laughs> than the moon thing. And I, I feel even ickier now when I think about it. And, oh, it's so expensive still. I did like the whole not thinking about it thing that I did before. Really yeah. cheap. And I felt better immediately. Right. So this is where our very much our don't look up movie comparisons come to it. Let's not think about it. It'll be it'll be fine if we don't think about it. Which is how we get caught with no ships to go up and try and deal with this. No finished Mm-mm. weapons-based solution. Nope. Nope. Like it is it is literally can't do nothing. We started working on an EMP, didn't get finished. Don't know if it'll work. And also there's no shuttle. So we have to scramble for like a museum shuttle, finish the EMP, and then scrape together a crew and resources to launch this thing as the moon gets closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, and some shit is happening. You know, cities are being drowned by tidal oh, waves yeah. and the tide is Billions coming in. Billions are dying. Yes, absolutely. And and you said that they got a, a space shuttle out of a museum? Yeah, Megan. And they just launched that, launched that museum space shuttle. Well, at first, yeah, they were going to launch it. Uh-huh. And, but then uh, an earthquake happened because of the moon. And then they lost one of the engines. They're like, well, we can't launch it. And they sent everybody home. Like immediately, they immediately uh-huh, gave up, uh-huh. and then uh, they went and talked to you know the scientists who could have figured out what they maybe could have done. Mm-hmm. And it turns out the scientists had already figured out what maybe could have been done. Sure. And it turns out because the moon is so close now, you don't yeah. actually need you don't need all those dimensions. Much. Yeah, yeah, you just have to wait until the moon is exactly in a specific spot, and it'll help pull you up right. out of the atmosphere. And um, so then they have a ragtag group of people who go into yeah. space and. Yeah. Uh, and Amber, so, so so you also said the moon thing. So this is a separate moon thing than the attacking aliens at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, because they're not aliens, they're technology, Megan. Right. So what is this moon thing you speak of and how do we learn about it? Okay. Well, we first learn about it from John Bradley's character Casey Hausman, but we'll we'll get into him later. He he's he's a he's a megastructuralist, yeah. which is sort of this fringe theory that megastructures exist in space built by advanced intelligences, and that the moon is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really have proof of that, and there's no reason to think it uh, scientifically. And he never presents any evidence scientifically, but he does have the scientific knowledge to know that the moon is getting closer. And right. immediately is like, it's because it's a megastructure. And, uh, and, and by megastructure, you literally mean that the moon is is built by, a, by someone else. Yes. And has like metal and technology inside of it. And yeah. it just kind of likes to hang out and orbit the earth. Yeah. Like imagine that instead mm-hmm. of a skyscraper, somebody built a moon. Okay. Yep. 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 Got it. Sure. Yeah. It's pretty pretty basic stuff. Um, so when our ragtag crew of Joe, Brian, and Casey mm-hmm. wind up getting launched into space and the moon to try and deal with it with this uh, janky EMP, we learn that it is in fact a megastructure and that the alien technology has been drilling into it mm-hmm. and they fly inside of the moon and it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's a big old machine, yeah. and uh, in this machine is the is the alien tech that's trying to destroy it and and the earth by crashing the moon into it uh but also it's our second info dump megan oh so we've got double aliens you mean amber well or do or is it (laughs) or is it when they crash into the megastructure and Artificial intelligence that runs the moon. Mm-hmm. Yes, machine go on. Thing, yes, grabs Brian and goes into his brain and generates an image of Sonny, his son, mm-hmm. and tells him that there once was an advanced society that spanned lots of planets and once they lived in perfect time. peace and harmony and war was but a dream and a glimmer in their eye and they were all great and they built huge mega structures and they also had an ai that served them and that ai eventually rose up and destroyed them ah we've come to our terminator indeed and so they built the moon and they staffed it with this ai that isn't the bad ai it's a good ai and the moon built the earth 
By, oh, yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about it. That the moon came and spun really fucking fast and made the Earth. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> moon rotated the Earth into existence. Mm-hmm. And then the moon, because the moon is also filled with, like, crops and things and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not just a machine. It's, like, the seeds of life. And so it then seeded the Earth uh-huh. with human DNA, which it turns out is the DNA. It turns out we were the aliens the whole time. Wow. Wow. Because we we built, we were the society that mm-hmm. built the AI that killed us, but also built the moon that then put human, I guess, DNAs on the earth mm-hmm. and that became people again is the thing that happened, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So evolution is a thing, but it was engineered evolution so that we would re-emerge evolutionarily. That is, this- <laughs> that is some really powerful hoping on those those original people's um you know plans that you just throw a little bit of human dna onto a planet and you're gonna hope people will evolve or some sort of people like things are going to evolve this is a very advanced society megan yeah yeah and you would you would ask yourself Mm -hmm. well why didn't they just build the earth and then colonize it right megan that's because the AI that went rogue and built the Skynet angry, AI, yes, yes, yeah, yes. The, essentially the Terminator Skynet situation. So, so we are the aliens. We're also the ones who built Skynet, and we are also our own. We are also ancestors, us. and we're also God. Yes, we're all the things because we built the Earth. Yes, and made more people. Um, it is designed itself to to track humans inside of technology i guess is specifically what it's keying into and destroying okay so if they had sent humans directly to earth with technology it would have found them and destroyed them so by slowly letting them evolve over the course of billions of years it made them safe yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I guess maybe maybe the idea is that like it built the earth, but the earth wasn't inhabitable yet, right? By people. Okay. Okay. Here, here's something they didn't say, but here's here's a thought. Sure. That instead of like because like one can imagine if earth was, you know, livable that like the time it took them to spin the earth up and make the earth is nothing compared to, you know, sending a shuttle from the moon down to the earth to inhabit it, right? Except Mm -hmm. the newly formed earth was not hospitable to life yet. And so they would have had to live on the moon. Our ancestor, us gods, would have had to live on the moon for long enough for the Earth to become a habitable pl- habitable place, but they didn't have that long because then the Skynet would have Skynet come, would have for, come them for them. Yeah, because they would have been humans inside of technology. Yeah. Now here's okay. Here's yeah. the flaw in their plan. Sure. Obviously, the human jizz that then became humans would eventually develop technology and then get inside of it and probably yeah. go to space and had no warning or um, heads up that this shit was coming for them. Yeah. I mean, not that we would have heeded it anyway, because it might have made us feel icky, and we don't like to think about icky things. Of course. But it is still... So, we we are told all this through our second info dump. Luckily, the AI does not shoot itself in the head, Uh, and it's able to utilize Brian, Casey, and sort of Joe, but mostly Brian and Casey, to... it, It 
makes their EMP actually something that will work. Fixes they, their ship in a way that makes it a, actually capable of flying. In a magic way. They they go in for their info dump, they come out and their ship is fixed and their EMP. Like, like almost literally does that video game thing of like shines a little bit brighter. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, this it's will actually juiced. work. Yeah. But one of them will have to stay behind oh, to activate it Armageddon style, right? Because you need human inside the a inside the technology for it to even want to come for you. Yeah, shucks, Amber. Who's gonna do this? Oh, shucks. Well, Brian's gonna do it because he's the one who got the info dump. Yeah, that makes sense. And he's he's the one who the moon gave the ability to completely interface with all of the moon's technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, uh, but it turns out. Casey decides to be the hero. Yeah, Joe and Brian bicker about who should go long enough that Casey actually just fucking goes and does it. Does the damn thing. So let's talk about Casey, Megan. Oh, do we have to? Well, Casey is sort of the soul of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Based on what we see on the screen, it really seems to be a lot of effort was... I mean, we put a lot into Brian and Sonny. Too much. Sure. I mean, without actually fleshing anything out, but we gave it a lot of screen time. But we, we also did. gave Casey just a lot of, he's, he's the comedic heart. He's the he's the beating yeah. love of all that's happening. He loves that the moon is a megastructure and he's so nerding out for all the things and he's passionate and quirky and we love Casey, right? No, not me. But we're supposed to love Casey. We, I think we, here's the thing. I think we really are supposed to love Casey. And... And he is kind of the, the 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 only bright thing on the screen because like Halle Berry, as much as I love her, has nothing to work with, and her character is so self serious, and actually probably gets less screen time than any of the other ones. So like we don't really get to know her except that like she's a mom, she's there, and, and she's, she's a, a boss. Mom. And she's mad at Brian for some reason, even though it turns out he was right, and she threw him under the bus. Right. And she doesn't, Brian gets a heroic moment, Casey mm-hmm. gets a heroic moment. Both of them get vindicated in having people poo-poo them. Right. She reacts to things and is there. Yeah, she sure is. Is mostly, is mostly Joe's character mm-hmm. flatline. I'm going to say flatline. It's sort yeah. of just a, goes from here to there, as opposed yeah. to arcing and creating any sort of general... And she gets handed things, which is disappointing, right? Like well, now she, you're in charge now because I don't want to be anymore. Yeah, <laughs> here's I'm, some. Here's the information anyone could use to do a thing. Right. Off you pop. Yep, <laughs> I'm Donald not... Sutherland. I'm in here for two minutes, and you're a body that's in this room. Let me say what I was going to say, no matter what. Yeah. Yep. But it's not any knowledge that she possesses that helps the mission exist it's more just her gumption and her her willingness Mm -hmm. to keep trying and that she's not alone in that um she's in charge by default she immediately gives up when the engine goes down which actually causes problems for everyone (laughs) so immediately it's it's she like it she's just hearing the news that the engine's down and she like automatically gets on the loudspeaker and sets everybody home and to be fair Shit's about to go go down. Sure, they've and so everyone go. who gets to leave has a chance of maybe surviving, except no one is going to survive when the moon hits the earth. Yeah. But okay. It, it, so it's, she's not a bad character. She's no. just a nothing burger she's character. Just, there is once again no there there for her. Yeah, which is a bummer. It's a super bummer. In fact, 
her ex-husband, who is like a military general and who is, of course, the, of course, the government's plan, if if Jocinda's plan fails, is to just blow up the moon with nukes mm-hmm. when it's really close to the Earth. Yep. What, and they're all hiding in a bunker with a bunch of selective people because that's always what happens with these things. And he gets a heroic moment. Uh-huh, yes. Where he stops the launch from happening. Right. And then leaves the room just before the room is destroyed. So he, he gets a fun heroic moment where he does the right thing, even mm-hmm. because he trusts her, but also more because his son is outside and he right. knows he will die immediately in the nuclear holocaust if there's any chance of him surviving. Right. Um, so it is, it's, he gets a more interesting character move than she does. Her, yeah. her big moment is that Brian's unconscious this time and she gets to fly him home. Yeah. I mean, she just, went, she went up. Sure. But like, but good. it, but yeah, she went up with other people and it didn't, it, they didn't make, they, yeah, whatever. Yeah. She didn't get to make any moves. She didn't, there, there, yeah. nothing, nothing important happened because, nothing really that important happened because of who she is, what she knows, what she can do, what she believes. It was more, she was a body mm-hmm. and she was the one that was there to have the thing happen yeah. to yeah. It's a bit of a bummer. But but Casey, Megan. But Casey. We're supposed to love Casey. And boy, boy ever do I hate him. And boy was I disappointed that he was right about anything, let alone everything. <laughs> so why do we hate Casey? I know why I hate Casey. It it took me a while of, of talking around it to realize why I hate Casey. Yeah. I hated Casey. Mm-hmm. Because... He ties in really well with sort of a, a mishmash of Jeff Goldblum and What's-His-Face's character from Independence Day. Mm-hmm. I really should have looked up the name at this point. He's he's the pilot who winds up flying the airship into the alien ship and blowing it up. Yeah. It's Quaid. Is it is it Randy Quaid? Randy Quaid. Yeah, eccentric alcohol f- former fighter pilot insists he's abducted by aliens. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Randy Quaid. Russell Case. It's like a mix of those two. Two things. Casey is a scientist, kind of. He calls himself a doctor, but he's not. He breaks into university property to get moon measurements because he believes it's a megastructure and wants to prove it. He cares for his elderly mother who has dementia and has a cat. He works at a fast food restaurant because he's not really a student or a scientist, uh, but he's, he's such a hard worker. And the problem I have with Casey's character is similar to the problem I had with Dennis Quaid's character. Mm-hmm. Here is a person who in no way makes any effort to act in a way that will actually get people to listen to you. Yeah. And in Dennis Quaid's case, it, it, I will also add this. The, they throw the concept of mental health into it to justify them acting in a way that makes it difficult to believe when they say something crazy without any proof to back it up. Mm-hmm. In Dennis Quaid's character, he flies drunk. He neglects his family because something traumatic happened to him, but we don't focus on that aspect of it. We make allusions to, well, he's, you know, he's not doing well, but it's more of a, <laughs> that crazy old coot thinks he was he was abducted by aliens and he's flailing around doing crazy dangerous things and hurting the people he loves because mm-hmm. he's... Not because he's processing a trauma. No, nah, because he's just a freaking crazy guy who turns out to be right and is 100% vindicated. And his family, who were the victims of his behavior, apologize to him, the mm-hmm. hero who sacrifices himself for all of them. Yeah. And it's 
with Casey, it's not dissimilar. He takes a bunch of pills. We don't know what they're for. We're told that he has anxiety. We don't know why. It could just be chemical. That happens. Mm -hmm. But in no way does he make an effort to act like anything other than a stereotypical crackpot. Mm -hmm. When he talks to people, it's far too intense. When he throws information at people, it comes a mile a minute and half the time isn't actually backed up. He just makes these claims about what megastructures are, why the moon would be one, why they exist. Who knows who built them? But they will definitely have a white dwarf star inside of them powering them. How do I know this? Carl Sagan. I don't know. I'm just going to throw out some names. Mm -hmm. He's throwing papers at people and showing up. It's He doesn't make any effort to be believable. Right. And while we're supposed to identify with that person, the underdog, you know, the one who's, you know, maybe not stacked with muscles and maybe has some, you know, they've got anxiety and they're not too often. It is a white dude. Mm -hmm. And they are making no effort to act in a way that makes it easy for people to believe them or communicate with them. And I'm not saying they have to and I'm not saying somebody needs to conform, but I am saying, I don't know. As a queer brown woman, I am expected at all times that if I want to be listened to, I must be calm, cogent, and well-spoken. I cannot show any sort of emotion, regardless of what I'm talking about. And half the time what I'm talking about is bad shit that's happening, often to me or mm -hmm. one of the groups I identify with. And I have to spend a lot of time and energy proving that the house I'm standing in is on fire Mm -hmm. And I would like it put out, please. And I'm not going to say it's directly your fault, but you're not helping. Yeah. And I can't actually talk about that part. I can't talk about putting the fire out first because I have to explain to you that the fire exists in the first place. Right. But I can't but get don't mad be, about don't it. don't be hysterical about it. Don't do it. I can't get it. hysterical. Woman. Or, I mean, even in, like, here's something that's unrelated directly but just popped into my head because that's how my brain works this will make no sense to anybody but i have ehlers danlos syndrome i was not diagnosed until my mid-20s mm -hmm. women often take about 16 years from the onset of symptoms to diagnosis men it takes four that's that's same symptoms it's upsetting yeah. often and and it has a larger occurrence often in women but for some reason it takes four times as long to diagnose us yeah because we do not present in the way that gets us yeah any kind of attention yeah so when i see a character like casey who is just popping off about crazy shit and acting squirrely and not really trying to communicate effectively and he is a hundred percent right a hundred percent vindicated the soul and heart and comedic relief of the movie and at the end sacrifices himself and then becomes immortal because the mm -hmm. moon downloads his consciousness and it wants it to work with him that might as well happen it drives me fucking crazy it just it it it, it, yeah. it rankles it rankles to see like here's this heroic silly quirky white guy he was right the whole time you shouldn't judge a book by its cover or the way it talks to you or acts as a person and i'm like everybody's judging me by my cover and no matter how i act still like a 50 50 chance they're gonna disregard what i have to say yeah and I, i'm just tired of that body getting that treatment i guess is yes. maybe what i'm saying yep yep i thought of why i hate casey Oh, okay. He, at every opportunity, 
spouts his love of Elon Musk. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. He literally says, I love Elon, I think, at some point. And then I think he does. Talks yeah. about him at nauseum. Megan? Yeah. That is such as always. Mm-hmm. You get to the heart of the matter <laughs> uh-huh. in 10 seconds or less, <laughs> and I spend freaking 20 minutes talking around it. I talked about EDS for some reason. What the shit? I could... But that's Why didn't different... I let you talk first? Because <laughs> I couldn't think of it until you started talking. And besides, oh, yours, yours is a more... Um, yeah, yours is a better reason. Mine is just spite and hating someone with a morally indefensible amount of wealth. No, 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 no. Yours is a perfect encapsulation of everything I ramblingly sort of said very poorly. You, you, it, it is both the warning sign and the problem. He mm. loves Elon Musk. Oh, well, that tells me what I need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn it, Megan. Mm. Sorry. No, I mean, don't be sorry. You're just perfect. And I, why okay. am I even in this podcast? Okay. I am filler. <gasps> I am the backstories. <laughs> Stop it. Very much untrue. All right. Well, we've gotten to the heart of our problem. Yeah. I guess we're done. Mm-hmm. Amber, what did you think of this movie? On the rock scale. Regrettable, outstanding, craze balls, K or solid? I can probably edit out some of those pauses. Okay, <laughs> you won't though. The question is, will I? Um. Okay. For as much as we've given this movie shit, uh, it was very funny to watch. It was entertaining, not for the right reasons. No, 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 no. no but no. it was definitely laugh out loud funny sometimes because of how ridiculous it was. Mm-hmm. As a disaster movie, if you're into that sort of thing. The effects were beautifully executed. They did them good. Yeah. Like, yep. it's all CGI. There yeah, is but- almost zero practical effects. Oh, yeah, um, no, no, no. But, no, no. But they do them well. Very. And, and they, they definitely create tension with those effects when they are incapable of doing it with story or drama. Um, yeah. No, I think the moon is terrifying and it's doing bad things. And I, I will except- admit. Hold on a second, Amber. But the moon doesn't want to be doing bad things. The moon is actually good. The moon, the moon is, is our savior good. and creator. Yeah. Except that it's been taken over by our Skynet AI badness. Mm. Mm. You hate so, to see it. Yeah. And as soon, as soon as that AI goes away, we should say, the moon self-corrects and goes back oh. up into orbit. I immediately. Honestly, every time the AI gets distracted, the moon self-corrects. The yes. moon is trying to save us the whole time. The whole time. It, it's... Megan, mm. I dare say, uh-huh. it's a twist. A twist. Turns out the moon wasn't stalking us at all. The moon was a victim and uh, our savior. Yes. Oof. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful storytelling. So, that aspect of it, hilarious yes. uh, and wonderful. O- honestly, the whole we are the aliens, we made the moon thing, awesome. And that is that is that is such a wild thing. The disappointing thing is that it happens in the last literal ten minutes of the movie, and there's mm-hmm. no space to actually enjoy enjoy it that, consider it, it, have anybody yeah. talk about it. Mm-hmm. It essentially happens to one person, and he never essentially tells anybody about it. At least at that point in the movie, like oh yeah, the movie's he just, over. He just you know, has enough time to, like, say the most relevant part of the information. 
Yep. It helps. Them. And like, yeah. Anyway. And the earth is fucking boned. Oh, yeah. What's been happening while they, while our ragtag group of intrepid moonologists are up there trying to fix things is oceans have been lifted into the air. Oxygen has been removed from the atmosphere repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Birds fall dead from the sky. It is earthquakes and tsunamis, and there are not many people left. Mm-hmm. And even, even so... The devastation that has happened on the surface of the planet will make what happens next truly harrowing. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually interested. What's Casey and the Moon gonna do? Because yeah. it kind of seems like maybe they're gonna maybe try and help things. I want to see that. Yeah. What are they gonna get up to? It's and they're like, uh, what? What's that? I want to see that movie. Yeah. Moon megastructure shenanigans mm-hmm. starring Casey and the Moon. Yeah. So it's. There's some good little seeds in here. It's not a complete... So definitely craze balls. Mm-hmm. Not regrettable, I would say. No, there's nothing in here that is truly, like... I hate the way they treat Halle Berry's character, but it's just it's it's just poor story writing. It's not... Yeah. It doesn't seem to be intentional. Brian's character is not that much better, you know? No, no so, it's not. So <laughs> there you go. It's not really an issue of inequality. It, Character decisions are truly dumb, and yeah, we don't lose many people. Yeah, I yeah. So like, there's it's, some so it's crazy balls, K, K crazy, yeah, but like low end K. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless you like disaster movies or just kind of enjoy a silly, silly train wreck of a story. Right. Yep. Uh, and we've of course ruined all the the fun twists for you, but most of the movie doesn't involve them. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was Moonfall. Great. Well done, us. Yes. Megan. Yes, Amber. Do an Issa story. Okay. Um, I w- this was when I was in Vermont, and I was driving around with both Maddie and Abby. Um, and Abby happened to just be talking about, um, she, she's essentially on like a monologue about her personality and how... Um, she liked her personality and how she never was going to, she's never going to change her personality or who she is and that she felt like she's a good person. And uh, it was, it was very sweet and also like very much a monologue coming from the back of the, uh, like unprompted. It was, it was adorable. And then Maddie at some point uh, says, you are going to change. And like, you know, there's this Maddie Abby dynamic where there's they're super sweet to each other, but they do like to get under each other's skin. Mm. And just as Abby was gonna like start to be like, you know, Maddie, that's not that's you know, um, Maddie says, You are gonna change. Wait for the perfect amount of comic comedic timing into your bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie getting to the heart of the matter once again. <laughs> and it's a little bit, it was unclear to me. Like, I I, th- I think it was, I, I think she just heard the word change and knew that we were going to go swimming and we would change into her bathing suit. So I think, I don't think she meant to be it, meant it to be as funny as it was, but it was, it was very, very good. Very good comic timing. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a beautiful moment. Yeah, it's delightful. Every aspect of it. Just the, the musings uh-huh. on your on the, on the sense of self, mm-hmm. sort of meta-narrative on, on the kind of person you think you are, and the realization that staying static is definitely the best choice. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. I think yep. at, at five, you've definitely peaked. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and then Maddie. But you are going to change, which 
on its face sounds very prophetic. She gets mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Somehow at, at the tender age of not quite three, she's like, ah, but you will change. I know this. Mm-hmm. For I am a prophet and I have seen what is to come. You will be wearing a bathing suit <laughs> within the next <laughs> hour. Toot sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Amber, do you have a recommendation? I recommend that people get on to Netflix and go watch Lou before they listen to our next episode. Oh, yeah. Yep. Watch yourself some Lou, because we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Lou on the Netflix. Mm -hmm. So you only have yourself to blame if you are caught flat-footed and want to watch it, but didn't watch it before we ruined all of it for you. We've already watched it. Yes. So this is not a necessarily me saying you should watch it because it's amazing, nor am I saying stay away from it. I'm just saying we are going to talk about it. Okay. So you have been warned. You've got at least a week. Mm-hmm. Megan, do you have a recommendation? I would like to recommend Return to Monkey Island. Aw. Yeah. It's uh it just it just came out uh last weekend. Um one can get it on Steam. Um and uh uh it was it it's 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 short i've 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 now finished the game um it it does a lot of fan service there are a lot of things you know so this is a if you never played the monkey islands it's like a story based game where you kind of got to solve these different puzzles like sometimes you're like you know um uh, putting pictures in a picture frame and then using that picture frame to prove that you know somebody or like then you know, you got to you got to use two monocles to make a magnifying glass so that you can see something. So it's like you 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 get these this inventory and you kind of got to like think about how you want to use it in order to move the story along. Um the nice thing if you ever play the earlier Monkey Islands is like sometimes you would just get fucking stuck and like this was back like in the 90s and so there was there weren't like walkthroughs on polygon that you could go to so you would be fucking stuck and you'd have to go back and like redo everything you've done and try something different which had its own there there's uh, that has its own like i don't know place in history and charm to it like dan and i yeah sitting at david nell's house like fucking going back and seeing what we can get for the parrot to do because we need the parrot to do a thing for us God, i we... tried all those things but did you try this no i did wait did i did i Let's just try it again. again yep um it now has a couple things that can help you with that one is you can like press down to the tab button and it will show you everything you can interact with on the screen so like you're not gonna miss something um and two is it has like a hint book that will give you hints about a specific thing that you ask it to and slowly give like we'll give you the answer eventually if you keep asking it so it, it it's it's a nice combo of like not having to like i don't really want to go through a walkthrough because that's not the point of the game but sometimes i need just a little push to say like hey that's gonna that's that's what you want to do so anyway um yeah monkey island return to monkey island excellent yes Good work. Popcorn. Good work you. Good work me. Good yeah. work popcorn. Popcorn's very excited in the back. Apparently so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's let's call it. We we pushed over an hour again. Maybe I can take some of that down. But I dang, so. we are not getting any better at doing shorter episodes. No, we're not. Amber, I'd like to close okay. how I always do by saying... This isn't helping with the problem that I just lined out. There's but, a okay. bad moon on the rise. Okay. 
It's a little on the nose, and yeah. you've abandoned your rock theme. It's the bad part. We're getting to the bad part, Amber. Come on. No, no, you can't. You can't just switch it up to bad because you ran out of rock. You you freaking ran the rock well dry. Okay. And now okay, you okay, just okay. Okay, then, Amber. Everything has a natural explanation. The moon is not a god, but a great rock, and the sun a hot rock. Okay, that actually the sun is not. It's it's an incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace. Mm, yes. Mm. Hydrogen is uh, formed into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees. Yeah. Uh, and also the moon is in fact a god <laughs> and not a rock at all. It's a mega structure. So fuck you, that guy who said that. Mic drop, motherfucker. Amber out. Moon is gone. Bye, Amber. Bye, Megan. <laughs> <laughs>